This is Just Football. And welcome to another episode of Just Football, your football podcast that's going to take in everything in the world of football from Champions League to non-league. With me today, we are a, a man down. We've I've got Dave with me. Hi, Dave. Hey, Dan. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, and I'm Dan. Dan P. Dan S. isn't with us this week, but I've been reliably informed he should be back next week. So again, just a heads up. This means we'll probably won't do the quiz this week because uh, we want Dave to be in fair and square uh, when he is back on. So who knows? Maybe we might do two next week. Anyway, yeah, Dave. So you're all good, yeah? I'm, I'm all good. Keeping very very busy. So my football exposure this week has been quite limited. However, I will try my best to keep up. It's funny, isn't it? Because I actually said in the WhatsApp chat to you, to the two of you uh, this week that it has felt anyway like other than there's the World Cup going on, has felt a bit quiet in terms of general news things but then it seems like it's picked up over the over the weekend and potentially into today it definitely is there's certainly some rumblings around transfer stories yeah yeah uh, things will happen i'm very very sure, certain yeah. of it uh, possibly but, while we're recording <laughs> possibly well we did have the breaking and Mbappe news last week but since then nothing has happened really yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and we'll touch on that and a couple of yeah potential um, transfers that are coming on. But yeah, tell you what, let's get straight into this. Um, for the Women's World Cup, I'm not going to go over results because we've had quite a few, but I was just going to give standings at where they stand. And as, as I said, at the moment, I think one of the groups are currently playing because we're recording this at 12 o'clock on Monday. Um, but as it stands currently, Group A have completed their games and Switzerland and Norway are through. Group B have completed their games and we have got Australia and Nigeria through there. Actually, just on on that group, did you see, I think it was, yeah, the Republic of Ireland potentially against Nigeria, Australia. I can't remember, but did you see they scored straight from a corner? They did, yeah. That was, um, I, loved, I love stuff like that. Katie McCabe. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, group C, uh, Japan and Spain are through. Now, the rest, I think it's still to play. I believe Group D completes tomorrow. So at the moment, you've got England and Denmark um, in in pole position for that. And I, I believe England will go through just as long as they avoid defeat. I think they're playing China tomorrow. Um, yeah, England have won the first two, haven't they? Yes. Yeah, so I believe as long as they avoid uh, defeat, they should be fine. In Group E, um, I said that looks like a fairly close one. You've got United States and Netherlands on four points and Portugal on three points. Um, and you've got Portugal play the USA tomorrow. So that'll be a big game. Um, group F on two games, you've got France. And actually, that's the same standing. Um, France and Jamaica on four points, Brazil on three points. Group G, um, this is a fairly open group here. You've got, well, Sweden uh, 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 there. They're at the top on six points. They're through. You've got Italy, who after their, you know, great first result got thumped heavily in their second game. Um, you've got Italy on three and South Africa and Argentina on one. So 
the second qualification uh, place is up for grabs there. And in the final group, you've got Colombia on six and Germany and Morocco on three points there. So, yeah, interesting, um, some interesting group group games left. And so, yeah, I can't wait. Um, it's That's what we were saying, I think, last week. It's often the last game. There's always one team that's always gone through and there, there might be a scramble for the second place. But it's once you get into the knockout stages, right, that's when it really takes off, isn't it? So. Absolutely. I think that's when the real interest starts as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I just wanted, while we're on talking about the Women's World Cup, I just wanted to pick up on one player. So it is actually a United States player. And I can't remember why, what article I saw on this, but it's it's someone called Alyssa Thompson. I don't know if you're aware of her, but she is, um, I think she's 18 years old or she's 19. She's playing in the you know, the national team at that young age. And basically, um, she played her first international game. It was in the friendly against England last year. And I think that's amazing. She came on as a 75th minute substitute. Um, In 2022, she led the under-20 national team to win gold at the CONCACAF Women's Under-20 Championship, scoring three and five. And at the 2022 Under 20 Women's World Cup in Costa Rica, she played three matches and scored one goal. Um, and she plays Los Angeles for Angel City. She's she's played 13 games with three goals. So, um, yeah, I just think, you know, it's it's. I love seeing the the younger players who are playing, re- you know, who, who, who are playing really well. Yeah, she's 18 and she's playing in her first World Cup. Really impressive. The- yeah, and scoring goals. And scoring goals, the I've got a couple of stories actually based around the Women's World Cup. The first is Mary Earps. So I don't know if you've heard of her. She's the English yes. goalkeeper. Yeah. So there's a bit of a furore and kerfuffle about her shirt. Basically, the shirt is not available for the general public to buy, even though the rest of the outfield players are. And this is a player who's voted. I think I think FIFA recognised her as the best goalkeeper in the world. But uh, if you are a commoner like us on the streets, we cannot buy her shirt. Not Nike or Nike have decided there's not enough sales, so they won't put it out there for people to buy. Yeah, I saw that actually yesterday, and I think they said that, yeah, there's not enough people interested in buying the goalie. So, so yeah, so it's not because of her, but they're saying the goalkeeper position, not enough people want to buy it. Now, I kind of get that in the sense of not many kids grow up saying I want to be the goalie however just make less of them if that's the case how can you not sell a team shirt and you can pick up the men's goalie shirt exactly you know so there's a little bit of um what's the word some some introspective needed by Nike there uh, very well put then the, <laughs> the the other thing is I don't, I don't know if you heard about this either so if you have watched some of the games for the Women's World Cup, the attendances haven't been brilliant. You can see there's a fair few empty seats. And uh, Gianni Infantino, president of FIFA, he has been complaining a bit, saying people need to go and uh, attend these matches. There's a buck coming. This is why I'm bringing it up. So Infantino, he attended the first five uh, five days of the tournament. Then he's jetted off to, I think it's Tahiti for a few days, and then he's come back to the tournament. So he hasn't been in attendance himself. Right, yeah. 
Yeah, a bit of hypocrisy there, right? Just a little bit. But I guess, what would you expect with FIFA? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't often cover themselves in glory, right? No, I don't know. If we look at the Women's World Cup, Australia are quite hostile to FIFA. I think because of the it's a visit, visit Saudi sponsorship for the World Cup. Okay, okay. And see, in Saudi Arabia, there's a thing about women's rights amongst other things. Yeah, 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 which is interesting because that also has been a feature in one of the transfer stories this week. I don't know if you've seen. Um, it has indeed, we'll, yeah. Yeah, we'll come on to that. But but yeah, it's it's just... So it is a shame because, you know, I guess night they're, they're doing it from a purely business decision which I think a lot of people could absolutely say they understand. However, there's also a, what's the right term? I, I want to say moral, but I'm not sure if moral is the right word. But, you know, in, in the world of politics, they say optics. There's, a, there's an optics here, right, that this is the biggest, I won't say the first World Cup because your article last week told us that it, <laughs> it is not, but it's probably the biggest publicised Women's World Cup in its in its history right definitely and yeah getting a story like that just feels like it's just it's just bad taste um when i can wear my pickford shirt but i don't have a pickford shirt but i'm just saying i can i can wear my england pickford as an example yeah (laughs) yeah 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 um okay so did you say did you have another story i know no you mentioned both didn't you yeah johnny and uh mary ups yeah yeah, so so let's see where we're at next week with because the the remaining groups will have been finished and and I think the knockouts will have started and and also yeah um, keep an eye on Alyssa Thompson because yeah I like again just going to finish by saying I just love the fact you know when when the the younger generation the youth are coming out and show no fear basically in the game I think it's great absolutely couldn't agree more um, a couple of new stories that either you chucked both in the chat or or there was one each from you and Dan. But the first one I found interesting because I remember talking about this. This has been a problem for years, but it's the EFL have announced, I believe, interest. Uh, I believe they've, they've coming up with some ideas to prevent time wasting um, for the new season. Now, we know the game is 90 minutes, but I think the ball is only often in play anywhere between 50 and 60, isn't it? Yes, it's getting quite, uh, the boarding play is getting less and less. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. So I know from a Premier League perspective, Newcastle complain quite a lot. However, they're the ones who actually kept the ball out of play for <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a considerable amount of time. Yeah, it, it is a that. problem. And for from an entertainment perspective, it's not great. No, no. And... <clears throat> Football tickets are cheap. And when you think you're actually only seeing two thirds of the game, because we all say, oh, what? We all say, what 90 minutes of football that was. Well, no, actually, it was only 54 minutes of football. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And the reason I, I, I said entertainment, because that's what it is. When you look at a lot of the clubs now, many of the people attending matches aren't necessarily fans. They are there for the experience on holiday. Forests, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Another story, but I did overhear once a couple of they were Chelsea fans coming back from a game, and they were complaining that it was getting harder for people to get tickets because you are getting yeah people from around the world just wanting to come see a game while they're over here. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 
yes yeah, so, but but for people who don't who, who may not be aware um a lot of time wasting is done because when the ball goes out for throw-ins and goal kicks and fouls and substitutions, although there is some minimum amount of time. I haven't looked into that, but I'm, I'm sick of something like for every substitution, don't they just add like 30 seconds referees? I think it's 30 yeah, seconds per second. meant to, yeah. Meant to, yeah. But what they're going to look at is adopt a similar approach to what was used in the recent Men's World Cup and the current Women's World Cup, whereby time is calculated more accurately with with big delays in a half. Um, so rather than adding on nominal periods, the exact time of the delay should be added. So I found a, a tweet which detailed it. So uh, to attempt enhancing ball in play times, as the game collectively looks to enhance the amount of time the ball is in play, the exact time lost when certain events occur will now be added. In previous season, the policy was to add on a nominal period of time for certain game events these events include goals and celebrations because we see so much now Go- celebrations are becoming so elaborate aren't they 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 are indeed um and also planned pre-planned celebrations which i know is a bugbear of dan uh, dan s's yeah. i think some of them can be fun though but they do take a long time um substitution injuries and treatment time penalties from the moment of offence to the whistle for the kick itself and red cards from the moment of offence to when the players leave the field. This is actually another really annoying one, isn't it? When the player gets sent off and you'll see them walk around all the players first, walk up to the ref, walk back to some players and they slowly walk to the furthest angle they can on the pitch, <laughs> it seems, don't they? They do. And players are meant to go off at the nearest, I suppose, touchline. Yeah. Never happens. They'll yeah, they'll walk the slowest, the most backwards way possible. So yeah, to delay time and delay the restart of match. Yeah, I it, mean gamesmanship. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So as long as as well as accurate time keeping, the EFL will also adopt the multiball system, which unfortunately for Dan, he loves a multiball system, but that's not more than one ball on the pitch at a time. I'm assuming that means <laughs> multiple balls around the pitch t- for a quick restart. Um, match officials will also be taking a more robust approach to dealing with clear, deliberate actions that are impactful in delaying the restart of play, with players cautioned if they are guilty of delaying the restart of play or failing to respect the required distance at three free kicks. So there's a bit more on treatment, but what, what do you think about those ones? Because I think those are key areas as well, aren't they? They are key areas, but they should be doing it already. It shouldn't be Absolutely. introduced. This is my understanding. If you're not 10 yards, you have to tell them that don't move, book them. Yeah. yeah. And my understanding was that should be happening regardless. And there shouldn't be a new edict that comes in or a new yeah. set of rules. But again, I think, um, and what we're going to see as well, we've seen it time and time again, is for a few weeks, the referees will be on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then all just drop away. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because the 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 delay in the restart of play is a funny one because team A will score a goal and often, especially if team A are behind, they will try to quickly run and get the ball out of the goal to run it back and put it on the spot. But you'll get the other instance where team B I've actively tried to prevent T-Way getting the ball yeah. back and they'll either <laughs> kick it out or pick it up and then you'll see them fighting like they're kids on a playground. Absolutely. And then with the multi-ball system, and I believe it's already happened, you'll have balls deliberately thrown on the pitch. 
Yes, or yes, the ball boys uh, not throwing it to the player. Yeah. The, so even though it's a good idea, there will be additional delaying tactics that will be enforced by the clubs. You know, a little nudge and a wink. Yeah. Hey, ball boy, can you do this if we're losing or if, if we're winning? You know, delay the game a little bit. Yeah, and we have seen that. You're right. And and I think actually it winds me up more when I see ball boys do it than players because I, I don't know why. There's something about it which winds me up more. I can't explain it. Yeah, I think gone are the days where you can think that's a cheeky little ball boy. But nowadays, because everything is must win and there's so much money ride, uh, riding on it, yeah. you kind of know it's deliberate. Yeah. But and because they're kids, you can't yeah. do anything about it. I think that's it. Yeah, I think they're almost seen as potentially untouchable from criticism because they are kids and volunteers, whatever. But we've seen how valuable valuable it could be. Do you remember that game? It was it was Jose Mourinho. Now I can't remember which team it was at, but where the ball boy actually set up the goal because he he reacted so quick, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, to the ball going out. So we see how valuable this can be. So we're, if if they're deliberately trying to prevent it, I guess that's that's where the frustration creeps in. Yeah, it will happen for sure. Yeah. Or continue to happen even. Yeah, well, that's it, yeah. Um, and just on treatment of players, um, players who require assessment on the pitch for a potential injury will now receive treatment off the field of play apart from certain circumstances, um, So, such as if a goalie is injured, goalkeeper and outfield of player have collided, players from the same team have collided, need attention or a severe injury. I mean, there's a few more, so... After the restart of play, a period of time not less than 30 seconds will be afforded to the player to be treated and they will not return to the pitch before this period has elapsed. As always, the player's return to the pitch requires a referee's permission and may be delayed beyond 30 seconds if the phase of play play um if the phase of play is in the Oh, I I, I'm not sure how that's been written there, but the player looking to re-enter the pitch. But basically, yeah, it's it's I think it's controlling the um the whole injury thing a bit more which again i i agree with i think we've seen so many players make the use uh, make use of injuries to to kind of control the game haven't they you you certainly have and th- there's another i suppose element to this maybe it's a bit more conspiratorial or more dark arts if a player goes off injured for a period of time the player causing the injury stays on the pitch so for that period of time when the player is injured, the his team or her team are down to ten players, and yet the player, yeah. the team causing the injury, remains at eleven at full strength. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, it it really is interesting. I mean, like you said, I want to see this kept up, and also it'd be interesting to see how this impacts the game because the other thing that isn't addressed by there, yeah, we can have a lot of we can have a go at players a lot but also VAR is delaying the game a hell of a lot right now isn't it so I don't know if it that is. Is, is added on or, or not it, it should be added on and we've even seen the World Cup the Women's World Cup VAR hasn't massively improved and they're still taking a considerable time to come to a decision yeah yeah and and I think it's right because remember in, in the Qatar World Cup we were seeing like 10-15 minutes added on time weren't we at the end of yeah, the game it was absolutely crazy yeah and then, sorry, then go on. No, no. All I was going to say is, and, and quite rightly so, because yeah, can you imagine if I don't know? I'm trying to think of something 
that's equal to it, but I can't. So I'm just going to say something really silly. But can you imagine if you went to, oh, there you go. You went to the cinema, right? And they didn't show you the last half hour of the Mission Impossible film. <laughs> you, know, you paid you paid your 15, 16 quid, but you only saw a 60 minute film instead of a 90 minute film. You wouldn't have that, would you? Not at all. But on the, so would, would you as a supporter, if you know this time being added on, you know you've got a train to catch. And if the train's, if the match is delayed by 10, 15 minutes, that puts you in a bit of a quandary as well. Because would you risk missing your train, as an example, because you've got to fight to get out of the stadium and it can be quite difficult to, to get to your location. I wonder if that might uh, make or cause any changes for fans and their behaviour. It, it could do. It could do. I mean, it's probably, it should really only do, I guess, some midweek games, right? That, like the eight o'clock kickoff midweek games. Um, but I guess it's something it's something we're going to have to live with because in the end, I, I don't think, I think if this is enforced properly, I think players will soon behave themselves because in the end, if they're playing or on the pitch for 100 minutes every game or 120 minutes, I don't think they'll, they'll like that. Probably not. But there uh, we go. Yeah, but it is a, it is a valid point about but fans. But in the end, you know, I mean, we should be getting the game we, we're watching, right? And, and you know, I'm not saying it should be 90 minutes, but when you're looking at 60 minutes, I mean, that's half an hour of time wasting. It's, 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 it's amazing when you think of it like that. Well, yeah, it's, it's a third. That's than they should be playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, well, if, if anyone listening, if you've got some fun or, or sensible ideas about how uh, time wasting could be cut down, cut down let us know because uh, we, we've been developing our own system of uh, how to tell if players are diving or simulating aren't we so we <laughs> might have to publish that one day um, definitely yeah right okay on to something I know is has been on the the lips of many a, a, a fan and teams but FFP came in the news this week Again, didn't it? Um, actually, Dave, do you? I mean, I've got the details here. If you have, do you want to say it? Because you you found the story. So, yeah. So, a team, two clubs, really involved in this latest round of FFP. So, the uh, Juventus and Chelsea have been both hit by a fine from UEFA, but Juventus have also been kicked out of uh, Europe, which I think is the Conference League. Yeah, that's correct. They're going to be playing. Uh, but yeah, so see, Chelsea aren't in Europe, so they can't be kicked out, and Juventus have been, which I'm sure to, to many fans is, is probably met with a bit of joy and happiness for once. Yeah, because I thought they were actively, which is funny, I'm not saying they did the FFP because of it, but I thought they were actively looking to get out of that tournament anyway. I, th- I thought I saw stories a couple of weeks ago that they didn't want to compete in it. Which is... So. Interesting. Why would you? I suppose it depends on your approach. And if you, if you're a fan, do you want to be in the Conference League because it is equivalent of, I suppose, the League Cup in England. Yeah, a trophy is a trophy, though. I mean, ask West Ham fans how they feel about it. Yeah, I, I think because I saw also in the story. So this for Juventus, it related to transactions between 2012 and 2019. I know. Oh, sorry, that was for Chelsea. Um, now, Juventus were fined 17.1 million, while Chelsea have been fined 8.5 million. Um, 
The Italian club will only have to pay half the fine if their financial records for the next three years comply with regulations, while Chelsea have already agreed to pay the settlement figure. Now, what is interesting is, yeah, Juventus aren't going to appeal because I think they ultimately are happy to not play in the conference. And I think what they're hoping for is that they finish fourth this year or in the top four and get into the Champions League. I think that's the whole thing. And also, I can see why they don't want to appeal it because it's 14 million, uh, 17 million, which is going to be cut to half. Um, so it's nothing really. Now, two things for me in this story is, uh, sorry, just for Chelsea's one, that relates to a seven-year period while Roman Abramovich had control of the club. He said, following the club's sale in May 2022, the new ownership identified and proactively reported to UEFA instances of incomplete financial reporting under the club's previous ownership. So I think that's a pretty standout thing we have to comment on. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the cynic in me kind of feels, well, were they going to be found out and did they choose to report? Or did they do it out of the goodness of their own hearts and say, hey, hands up, Gov, yeah, we made a mistake? Yeah. Because they're not in Europe this season, so they can't be kicked out. So the, the impact is, well, they'll pay a fine. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So I know that's a really cynical response, but it, I, I kind of find it hard to argue against because most wouldn't fess up. Yeah. Now... The two things for me that come out and, and really wind me up about this this story is firstly both of them should be should be charged, absolutely. If if they've broken rules, they should be punished. I'm not saying that. But like with Juventus, they've just got a history of being punished and being found out of things. So last year they were docked ten points. Um and there was a fine, I think, last year of six hundred and twenty thousand pounds. At what point are there more serious sanctions? against clubs that are found for breaking the rules. Are we, are we, sorry, are we know what happened to them, what, it was 16 years ago or whatever it was now, 17 years, the whole Calciopoli thing. Uh, we know what happened to them then as well. So for persistent rule breakers, haven't we got to look at something harsher? Well, I suppose for the interest of fairness, they were never really found guilty at Calciopoli, mm. but I think everyone knows yeah. they're guilty. yeah. Well, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, were Juventus, I know they were dot points, but were they, were they ever relegated? I think for Caltropoli they were. I believe they, they were. were. They were They were put down to Serie B because I think the majority of the players stayed with them at the time because I remember that was the news. But but yeah, and, and they have been dogged. And, and you know, they're not the only team, I'm not going to say that. But it's just, again, it's another, you know, it's just another thing. Um. And, and sorry, my second thing of this is we do see certain teams like Chelsea have been given a fine, Juventus uh, another couple of punishments. We do see punishments given out to certain teams around Europe, but it just feels like, you know, and, and okay, Juventus are a big team, but maybe their their things aren't, um, aren't that grave this time around. But it just feels like there's a fear to punish because we must know there are bigger teams that have broken rules or it looks like they are, but seem to always evade punishment so i yeah. think what i'm trying to say is it feels like certain teams are easier targets to fine and and charge i i completely agree although i think uefa have a history of being quite weak when they're trying to when they're finding players finding clubs banning clubs stadium bans they're always quite weak 
And there's, it's, it's almost like, even though it's a fine, it's like a little slap on the wrist of these clubs. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Fundamentally. Saying, I get, yeah. No, I guess what I'm trying to say is let's see if it's a team in one of one of the big leagues. So, so if we say in, in the Premier League, um, uh, in Spain and in France, if one of the top teams there are proven guilty, will they be docked points or or worse? It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I, Chelsea. I'm not saying they're a small team, but they, you know, they proactively found it, done it, and it was a fine. So they they've been dealt with, and that's that's fine. Well, there's certainly two clubs spring to mind, which I won't name. Probably everyone knows that will would or should get some sort of um, so punishment handed to them. But the problem yeah. is that as hire um, an army of lawyers and it will take years and years to prove or disprove. And by that time, it won't mean anything. Yeah. And also, I don't think it helps as fans that the FFP just feels like it's it's whatever it is on that day. The rules, it feels like. <laughs> no one, you know, it's not a simple thing or, or an obvious thing that's clearly understood, I think. I completely agree. So football fast protocol. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh dear. Um, I, I can always rely on you for that. Right. <laughs> um, I did have some news on transfers as well. So I've picked, there's loads obviously in a week, but I've just picked up some of the more interesting ones or ones that jumped out. So um, in recent days we've had, I think today it was announced, or yesterday, Alan St. Maximan from Newcastle to Al Ali. Uh, I've got that as undisclosed at the moment. I'm not sure if a fee has been announced. Okay. Um, but he's the first of three players to to join the Saudi Arabian League. So we've got Jordan Henderson, Liverpool to Al Etifak, twelve million, and Riyad Mahrez, which is you know, yeah, it's a big one actually. Uh, City to Al Ali for thirty million. Um, and it was interesting. The Jordan Henderson one was interesting for the press it got. Following on from what you said, because of, I believe, his stance previously for LGBTQ. Um, IA plus. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> There's a lot less topics. Yeah, topic. I'll try to think of the word topics, but yeah, his, his, his support for, for, for that area. And if I'm right, I think the transfer video of his, they dulled out the colours of the armband. They did. I yeah. So... Yeah, I think this kind of thing is gonna is gonna roll on and on with p- players going over there. Um, but yeah, so those are the three this week who have gone. Um, as you said last week, Mbappe was rumored, or well, not rumored, but there was that record-breaking deal. I think he's turned it down. But the interesting thing is now it looks like Liverpool are supposedly making a year-long loan for him. I can't see it happening. Interesting, because we know he's going to Real Madrid next year, right? Or next season. So, he, you know, he only needs to go out for a year. So, Yeah, so where is he going to take his sabbatical? And that's the key thing. So Liverpool at the moment in the race and never rule anything out. Football's a funny old game, as they say. Um, let's talk about some more before we go on some rumoured ones as well. So you've got Sabitza, I picked up going from Bayern Munich to Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Ismail Assar going from Watford to Marseille. I think you mentioned last week Wilfred Zahar has joined Galatasaray on a free, which is it amazing. Is, yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's a free. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Anthony Alanga from United to Forest, 15 million. Raul Jimenez, Wolves to Fulham for five. Igor Julio from Fiorentina to Brighton for 14 and a half million. I just added that in there because it's good to see Brighton potentially, you know, sort of attracting um, European players to them. And Isco, who was unattached, has gone to Betis on a, on a free now. A couple of interesting stories come up now. So let's say it now. Obviously, we've got the Harry Kane thing rumbling on. Um, as we're Still speaking. Going. Yeah. As we're speaking. Well, the thing is, I th- again, it's, I think this is all the press. I don't think the, the players keep it quiet. I think it's just the press have, have, have loved this every season. Now, as we're speaking, I think by Munich delegation should have landed now. Because on, on Twitter or, or X, whatever it's called now, we even had somebody showing a picture of the plane taking off. I mean, this is how <laughs> information overload we're in a world. It took off at 9.51 and, and apparently it's a two-hour flight. So, yeah, it looks like, I think it's likely to happen. But again, kind of what you're seeing quoted from them, the offer is just, it's just ridiculous. These transfer things wouldn't become circuses if players just, uh, teams just offered the money. <laughs> It is is really interesting because we've just seen, I can't remember his name, but Strikers just joined joined Manchester United. Oh, yeah. Hoi, hoi. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Rasmus, some, some, some. Yeah, that's that's the one. And he's gone for nearly 18 million. He's a 20 year old, scored 10 goals last season in for Atalanta, which isn't a massive goal. It's not great goal term, but perhaps it's for potential more than anything else and, and I kind of think they're trying to well from what I'm seeing on Twitter X whatever you want to call it social media land they're trying to do a uh, Erasmus Haaland face off yeah yeah which I think is ludicrous but again it's like comparing Ronaldo and Messi ultimately they are different players yeah and also with that okay they spent uh, City spent twenty million less on Harlem, but they're paying him probably three or four times more. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing. That transfer wasn't the um, the headline figure that it was quoted as. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, so obviously at the moment, and and like I said, at the moment, I absolutely, of course, I'd want Kane to stay. You know, he's he's a great player, but if he wants to go, he can go. Because he's he's done his time, and do you know that the, the funny thing is that's my concern at the moment isn't Kane going because okay they're they're, they're preseason friendlies, but under Postacoglu, it looks like we are going to be much more of an attacking minded team. So I I think Kane is going to retire at in two three years or whatever. He could get a serious injury, be out for a couple of years. So we've got players that can come in. We've got attacking players, and maybe if we let them play with the the attacking freedom that it looks like we're going to have, that should be fine. It's just we still haven't cleared out some of the players we need to. And also, I remember saying like three or four weeks ago, we were in the market for two really good centre-backs, and we haven't signed either of them yet. And that's a concern for me. I think you've nailed it. The As obviously not being a Tottenham fan, and I can see where your issues are, is defence. To not have signed a defender, not signed a defender of quality, I think it's really bad, really poor. Given we are weeks away, a couple of weeks away from the Premier League starting. Um, 
two weeks, 15th, I think, starts 15th of August. Because we've got Community Shield coming up, uh, I think this weekend, maybe. I I Mm. don't know. But not far away, just around the corner. Yes, there's going to be time to make more signings. I think it's 1st September. Yeah. The the window closes, transfer window closes. So there is time, but you also need that time to bed players into your team. And I don't feel that defence is where you can give people time. No, no. And and like I said, you know, I, I, I'm excited that we've potentially got um, Destiny Udogi coming back because we bought him, loaned him back out to his club. And um, I think he's going to be a good player if we if, if we play him. We've got, obviously, Jed Spence didn't make it play a game or, or, or very rarely or got hardly any minutes. But yeah, we were in for those two... Two centre backs. I think who was it? it was Tapsoba and Van de Ven, or I probably forgot because it was so long ago now. And you know the the thing was we weren't we were going to be in for one or one of them, not both. Which I was like we should be in for both. But yeah, we've still not confirmed either of those. So going forwards now, losing Kane absolutely. We're gonna you know I'm not I'm not denying that it's going to be a loss, but we're we're going to lose him at some point. And like I said, we're we're going to hopefully be far more attacking now. So we've got Son, we've got you know Richarlison might be able to 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 thrive under this new um, philosophy of play. But yeah, we've got to get those defenders in, and that's that's a concern. That's a concern. We've got a new goalie. You want you a have, defense um, in front of him? Vicario is yeah. your new, new keeper. Yeah. Yeah, you want a new goalie in front of that. Uh, uh, you want a good defence in front of him. Um, and and on this, you know, and I, don't, I really don't want it to be like the Arsenal-Tottenham show each week. But when, I don't yeah, so, when, no, when there is news <laughs> about them, because the other thing that's come up is that, you know, you're looking to buy Raya from Brentford yep. as a backup keeper, which one I think... I, I don't like the idea of that from his perspective. I think... He should be playing, so I get the idea that it's to prove uh, to give competition. But are we really going to see Ramsdale have that much of a fall off this season? I I suspect it's something very different. In that we'll have a Premier League goalkeeper and a cup goalkeeper, so league, FA Champions League. Which again, That's my I, suspicion. Yeah, no, no, and that would make sense. But as one of the top keepers in the league last year for both of them let's let's say both of them both you know were brilliant keepers would either one of them would you want to just be a cup keeper bear in mind one of those is going to be the champions league i i think you should be playing week in week out yeah i suppose at that quality that that's all i'm saying i think there's a what's the word you've got to have a look at yeah, then we talk about ambitions for players. Do I want to be sitting on the bench for the majority of the season? Yeah, or do you want to be winning trophies? Because there are, you know, keepers that are just happy to sit on the bench for the entire career, pretty much barely play a game. Yeah. Um, if I look at Manchester City and Liverpool, they've got extremely good backup goalkeepers who would make who would be starters for other Premier League clubs. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I, I, that's, I think the Raya thing annoys me for two reasons. One, because he's good. And two, we didn't want to spend money on him to make him our first choice. And you're looking at spending 40 million to make him your second <laughs> second keeper. It um, is strange. Uh, then looking at the players you've signed. So, uh, Dayan Kulisevsky, 
he's now sighted. He's on loan. Uh, yeah. You've obligated and bought him. Madison. So I think it's a great signing. Yeah. Yeah, I like him. I think he was a bit off it last season, but I think maybe overplayed. First season yeah. and injured, but yeah. Yeah. James Madison. Yeah. Great, good, great player. Good really like yeah, him. yeah. Good signing. And then you have Vicario. I'm not going to pronounce his first name. Yes. And you've got Mano Solomon, who I, I think is a decent player. But three of the four are attacking. And then you've got a goalkeeper to either compete with Lloris or replace him. Yeah. I, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think it'll be replacing now. As you said, the sidings we've made, I haven't got a problem with. I think really good. Is the Kane saga distracting from that? Are we waiting for that money to come in? I don't know. Um, but but we'll see. Um, I think there's still a lot more interesting transfers to come ahead. I, I, I think so. I mean, there's something I find really interesting. So with Kane, I think we kind of know he's going. Then you're going to bring in that money. Now, the problem is, and I think this is what West Ham are experiencing, everyone will, everyone knows you've got that money, which means they'll have to put an extra 10 20% on top of the player's value. There's an additional premium. And West Ham are really struggling to bring a replacement in for Rice. They haven't actually yeah. done it yet. They've had a number of bids uh, turned down. And I think we might see the same with Tottenham. Yeah, possibly. And so you, you do wonder, have they got a couple of deals made up, but they're just waiting for, for the cane? It, yeah, which which happens. The other interesting thing is uh, Chelsea and Caicedo. Uh, who oh, yes, fight. yeah. Yeah. I think they've had now four bids rejected. Now, I know we had a conversation a few weeks ago, actually, why didn't you go in the proper bid first time round? But this is Chelsea's fourth bid in there, still being rejected. And I think Brighton are using one Declan Rice, 105 million. Casado, we won the same. But you know, I I haven't followed that. I've seen they've tried it, but I did see a a story somewhere or a tweet saying that now Chelsea might be going after the player that Brighton would have replaced Caicedo with. <laughs> so they go straight to the, the, the replacement. Uh, I guess the thing, as we've mentioned, is that well, clubs no longer really need, really need to sell players. Yeah. There's no yeah. sort of, um, I, don't, I don't know what appropriate phrase or terminology is, but it's like a, uh, anyways, there's, there's no scale sort of thing or there's no, cascading of the way uh, players are bought and sold? I think we're going to see, and I don't know what it will look like, but I think we're going to see a real change in how contracts are going to be formed as well. Because if you look this year, we've had a number of players who are leaving on free or about to leave on free. And it's very rare you kind of get that. So, you know, we've got Mbappe, we've got Kane. Um, Tell us one other one. Is there someone else that now has escaped my mind? I can't remember, but clubs now, clubs can't be left to be put into that kind of position, I think. So it's going to be interesting to see maybe, I wonder, the makeup of contracts in the future. It will be because everything is in the player's uh, power. I mean, if a player goes for free, it means in theory they can command a higher salary from their whatever club they go next because the club doesn't pay for a transfer fee. Yeah, because... Certain players, you know, people always say, let them rot in the reserves. Well, you're not going to do that. If you've got Kane on your books or you've got Mbappe on the books, you're not going to not play him, right? It's, no, you're going it, to either play because he's that good or you're going to sell to, you know, recoup some money. 
Mm. That's, and that's what I was saying about Kane a couple of weeks ago. If if a team, Munich in this case, aren't going to come in with what the club feels is a sensible offer. So I'm seeing 75 million at the moment, but that's with caveats on winning everything next year. Well, trying to qualify for the Champions League is going to be 60 million. So I'd rather then lose 15 million on him next year. <laughs> if that's the case, and we try getting the Champions League. And because, and, you know, people are saying if he, if he holds out, he'll probably go to a Premier side next year. So be interesting there's a lot still left in this one or Absolutely. in the next half hour it's going to be wrapped up <laughs> so. yeah it's not not going to happen so, you know what? i did have another feature but you know i'm not going to do it now because i'm just looking at the time um was was there anything else the only other thing i did see i mean it's a bit mean you know the people do like to have a swipe at harry Maguire, but did you see the footage of the new keeper having a go at him in the friendly yesterday i did not see it i've not i haven't seen much football to be fair so people are saying already that the new keeper hates Harry Maguire because he, he went over and berated him. But I think there's an element of a keeper trying to show that he's he's deserves to be at United and they always have a go at defenders. It's never their fault. Was the um those sort of arguments that happen all the time in training grounds? Yeah. Obviously we've seen some famous ones. Was it um Oya and Dyer? Yeah, I had a yeah. I bust up in, during a match. I mean, it happens. People get frustrated. They get irate. That's football because it's so passionate. It's intense. I would yeah. I would read nothing into it at all. Yeah, it's just it's just a bit naughty. It's just a bit naughty there. Um, okay, was there anything else on the week that was? I don't think so. I mean, Chelsea are doing well in their preseason friendlies, from what I've seen. Um, Obligatory, no. Lord Joey mentioned as well. Yeah, because they were in the tournament. I think Villa finished second in that tournament. I yeah, think. that was a Premier League summer series. So Chelsea yeah. are the summer series winners. Yeah. But like any preseason, doesn't matter. Absolutely. It's about yeah. fitness and trying your tactics and seeing what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, football. Um, if you're anyone's interested, Brentford finished bottom of the summer series. Yeah, but you know, there, there was a lot of good teams in there. Well, five good teams out there, isn't there? So, absolutely, yeah. Um, other than that, there was a bit of so no Real Madrid Barcelona played each other. Oh, yes, what, what was the result? So, Barcelona beat Real Madrid 3 0. Wow, and it was quite feisty. I bet it was, yeah. And I know it was feisty between Arsenal and Man United, feisty between Arsenal and Barcelona. These preseason friendlies, they're not really friendlies. I think yeah, they're being yeah. played at a competitive level. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and it's interesting this year. There are a lot more. Um, there are a lot more sort of like all Premier League fixtures, aren't there? And like I said, the Barcelona Real Madrid. There seems to be more this year. There are more matches for commercial benefit. <laughs> yeah, and I think on that. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, look, that that's a bit of a full week there again. I said, it always seems to be. I know, I know we said at the start that there wasn't much news, but um, once you delve into it, there's all sorts of stories going on. Hopefully, we will be back to a trio next week. If not, we'll have to make a last minute signing and we'll see if we could get someone <laughs> in <laughs> on the subs bench. Um, yeah, the socials are coming up after. So please, if you're not already, 
do subscribe to the podcast. Leave a rating where you can. Um, I know on Good Pods you can rate each episode. So if you're feeling kind, why not do that? And yeah, Dave, any last words? Oh, it sounds horrible. Any last words from you? Nothing from me, but other than thanks to everyone for listening, uh, rating and reviewing. I think we really genuinely do appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Uh, Bye. Thanks for listening to Just Football. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can follow us on Twitter at JustFootballPod or contact us through email on JustFootballPod at gmail.com. We'll be back next time with more football talk. Until then, keep your head up and your eyes on the ball.